Welcome to the Show Me Education podcast. Join us as we share best practices and show you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. The mission of the Show Me Education podcast is to share stories that resonate with you and allow you to walk away feeling energized and inspired to improve education in your own community. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the learning. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Show Me Education podcast. My name is Mark Clements, and I proudly serve Missouri students and educators through the Heart of Missouri Regional Professional Development Center at the University of Missouri. When I tell folks that I spent around half my career as an educator in school districts that utilize the four-day school week, they have any number of questions. Is it just about saving money? Does it actually save money? What about students who rely on schools for meals? Are teachers happier? And of course, what is the impact on student achievement? Many of the educators who ask me these questions are folks like me who've spent years working in this calendar, but who constantly wonder about the bigger picture and what the research says. For that reason, I'm very excited to bring you my interview with Dr. John Turner, a 25-year veteran of public schools in the state of Missouri as a teacher, principal, and superintendent, and who currently serves as an associate professor at Missouri State University in the Department of Counseling, Leadership, and Special Education. Dr. Turner is engaging, down-to-earth, funny, and most importantly, extremely knowledgeable about the four-day school week model in the state of Missouri. Dr. Turner was gracious enough to sit down with me and discuss everything from finance to student and faculty attendance, achievement, and community support, as well as overall trends and where he sees the four-day school week model going in the state of Missouri. Before we get started, a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Show Me Education, and we'd love if you consider subscribing to the show using your favorite podcast app and consider leaving us a five-star review whenever possible. You can also find us on Facebook, and we've recently set up a variety of ways you can leave us voicemails using Voxer, Flipgrid, and a few other tools that you can find linked in the show notes inside your podcast feed or at bit.ly slash showmeedu. You can also find me on Twitter at markclementsedu or do a quick search for Heart of Missouri on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I also want to invite you to sign up for our Heart of Missouri weekly newsletter by visiting tinyurl.com slash rpdcnewsletter. Each week, we feature a variety of great tips and tricks for teachers and leaders, upcoming events, and celebrations from the great work being done around the heart of Missouri region, many of whom utilize the four-day school week. Thanks again for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the episode. And it's my pleasure at this time to bring in Dr. John Turner. He's an associate professor at Missouri State University. John, thank you for joining us. If you'll take a moment to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you do. You bet. It's super great to join you here today, Mark. And, and my background is in K-12 education. I was one of those people that had a long career, 25 years in the public schools of the state of Missouri, almost all of it in rural Missouri. And then a few years ago, about eight years ago now, when I had reached my 25 years and, and a retirement came an option of the public schools, and then I accepted a position at Missouri State University. And so I'm in the Department of Counseling, Leadership, and Special Education. And so that's my background. I was a teacher for 25 years and a, a building principal and then a superintendent of schools and in rural Missouri schools primarily. I, I really appreciate you taking the opportunity to join us today. We've had a chance to chat a little bit kind of off air and um, you know a little bit of my background with the four-day week, but I don't want to taint the jury pool too much here. Got so it. I think the first question that many of our teachers and, and parents have, um, particularly those who may not know much about the four-day school week is, how is this legal? Doesn't, doesn't Dusty have regulations <laughs> about how much time students have to spend in schools? Um, things like that. So how, how does this work? Yeah, and, and it maybe it helps just to go do a little bit of a historic perspective on it is that, uh, you know, it does seem a curiosity uh, for many people, especially in Missouri, when we start talking about the four day week. But I want to tell you that of my four grandparents, three of them went to one room schoolhouses in Missouri that just happened to be on the four day school week. So it's not even necessarily new to Missouri, not has been for, you know, for a few years or for a number of years there, it wasn't an option, but historically, even many of our four, our one room schoolhouses across Missouri were on a four day week. And if you look 
at the United States as a whole, every state west of the Mississippi now allows the four-day school week, and it's extremely popular in the Mountain West states. For example, in the state of Colorado, a majority of the school districts in the state of Colorado are on a four-day week and have been since the 1970s. So again, I understand it's curiosity. It sounds unusual in the Missouri perspective, but historically, it's not that unusual. And so how is it even possible? And this is where we get a little historic con context. Is back in the early 1990s, those of us were, that were in public education back at that time, uh, we were going through one of our our occasional uh, uh, financial challenges uh, as far as school funding. And uh, there were some people that were serving in the legislature that knew that they couldn't fully fund the foundation formula that was supporting schools. And uh, I'll give a specific shout out to Maynard Wallace. Uh, Maynard Wallace was a former superintendent in Ava, and he was uh, serving in the state legislature at that time. In fact, the chairman of the, the, the House Education Committee at that time. And, and uh, Maynard and some of his other friends in the legislature said, hey, we can't fund the foundation formulas, but we've got schools making hard decisions here. Why don't we just give them this as an option, the four-day school week as an option? And so they floated that out there with an option, and there were no takers the first year. And then about the second year that that became an option, uh, uh, Lathrop, which is up in northwest Missouri, the Lathrop School District, they jumped on board and adopted the four-day week. And uh, then very slowly, and so Lathrop is on their 13th year now, but very slowly, you'd add a few more and a few more and a few more. And back when I came to Missouri State eight years ago, uh, we had about 30 in the state of Missouri. Uh, but then just in that, that time period, uh, uh, this year, my estimate is the numbers aren't completely final right now, but I'm estimating about 141 out of the 518 public schools in Missouri that are non-charters. So we're at 27% of our school districts this year will be on the four-day week. So it's been fast growth here, especially the last five or six or seven years. And the way that it's even allowed is that the legislature, historically, if you, uh, it's been about five years now that the legislature has said that uh, your school year is counted by hour and not by day. And that was a huge transition in the four-day school week world and, and just the calendar world in general, because now the state legislature and, and the, the laws of Missouri say that you, the schools have to maintain 1,044 of instructional hours a year, but they don't care how it's done. So you even have a few school districts that, that go through and they may be on a schedule of they're on for a week and uh, well, maybe on for four weeks and then they take a week off uh, on a traditional calendar. And again, the state legislature and the, and the way the laws are written now, it doesn't matter how many days you're in session, it's how many hours you're in session. So again, just knowing that the four-day week, the way it's legal is you, you're you able to establish that 1,044 hours and the state legislature no longer cares how many days you go in session as long as you meet that 1,044 hours. And just for context, about when did that transition happen with the state legislature? I don't I mean, not specific. Well, yeah, the, the, the first year, I think that they allowed the four-day week in Missouri is 1989-90. And uh, we've transitioned now to 1,044 minimum hours. I think we're on the fifth year. I think this is the fifth year that instead of just counting days, they count hours. I think most folks assume schools make the decision to move to a four-day school week as a cost-saving measure, measure. Is this the main reason schools make this transition? And does it, in fact, save those school districts significant amounts of money? Well, and I tell people that... that, that one part of me wants to say it's not about the money, but then the other part, the realist part says, well, you know, it really is about the money. And I'll explain that to the extent that when you implement the four-day school week, most school districts that do it are not going to save a significant amount of money. So they may save one or two percent, maybe three percent, uh, but they're not going to save a significant amount of money. But with that said, uh, it is about the money to the extent that my opinion is, is now moving at this point is it's all about recruitment and retention of high quality teachers and school districts. To that extent, it is about the money because what our findings and our research has found is that, um, and I'll give this as an example, is that uh, I think most school leaders, when they transition to the four day week, they think now when we have a job opening, we're going to get a lot of people right out of college, those 22, 23 year olds that are first starting their career, they're going to be really attracted to come to our smaller rural school, even though our salary scale is not that competitive. And so they, they have that as their vision. And I think that's true. I think they do get more right out of college graduates that may be coming from a Columbia or a Springfield or a Kansas City, St. Louis, that now will consider a rural school because of that the attractiveness of that four-day week. 
But the part that I say that is a surprise, and this sort of leans into why it is about the money, maybe not the savings on the school district, but it is as far as the ability for a school district to compensate people, is that now, for example, and we all, all educators in Missouri know now we've had a lot of attention here the last year on bumping up the state minimum teacher salary scale. And that was definitely justified that we needed to get that beginning salary scale up. But the part that that's sort of hidden, that discussion about focusing on the, on the beginning teacher salary scale, what it's sort of hidden is that lack of competitive, lack of competitiveness for school districts in that mid-career and late-career salary scale. So the surprise has been, yeah, they're getting more young teachers applying in these rural school districts that are adopting a four-day week, but they're also getting a lot of applicants that are senior teachers, people that are in their 20th year and 25th year that are now applying to these smaller rural school districts on the four-day week. And while they may have a negative impact on their salary, uh, their working salary at that time, and this is getting way too down in the weeds, but they have maxed out on their salary their teaching salary in that district, which has allowed them to establish their retirement salary after they leave, because in Missouri, the retirement is based on your three highest consecutive years of salary. Sure. And so what you see is teachers in their 20th year having their highest three years, they've set that, but now they're wanting to give back the coaching and they want to give back the junior class sponsorship. They're giving back those sponsorship activities, which has driven their salary back down. And now going to a four-day school week district that may compensate me less is not a long-term impact because I'm going to retire in five years or whatever. And so they can have that, that extra incentive of having that three-day weekend built into the calendar a couple of times a month, but it's not going to have a long-term retirement impact on them when they leave the teaching field. So again, that's the reason I say that money thing is tricky. It's not going to save the school district that much money, but it is a mon about money to the extent that many of these smaller rural school districts cannot compete with salary scales on middle and late career teachers. And if they just... Don't they don't have the money to pay them better. And so the four-day week is, is a, uh, an extra tool they've got in their pocket that they can whip out that can sort of help them recruit and retain people. So let me ask this question then. How is it not saving more money? And, and one of my, and by that, I mean, so obviously, you know, we know that certain things, you know, faculty salary and, you know, insurance, those are the big rocks in the school district's budget. And those don't move much with the four day school week, but, you know, working um, most of my career early on, especially in Montgomery County, which is geographically one of the larger districts in the state of Missouri in terms of square mileage. So that was one of the things that we were told, you know, very early on in the, in the adoption process was, well, we're, we're effectively cutting the, the busing by 20%, right? Um, so just that, that sheer amount of, you know, fuel savings and bus routes and things like that, you would, you know, I, I hear you say it's, you know, 1% ish, 2% kind of savings thing. And I've heard that from other reports as well. So, um, how, how does that, how, where does that work out? Where's that money end up going or how, how does that transpire? Yeah. And, you know, the area that you will save money is in transportation, but like you said, if you look at a school district's budget, a school district's budget, like you mentioned, 75, 80% of it is salaries and benefits. And so, and that typically does not change. Now, one thing I'll throw out, and again, this is how it, it changes how it's implemented from district to district. But in theory, a school district could go to a four-day week and say, hey, you know, uh, for example, custodians are no longer going to have 40-hour weeks. Now they're going to have 32-hour weeks. But in practice, that doesn't happen very often. Most of them go through and say, even though we're cutting the number of days that we're in campus, we're going to extend people's uh, non-certified staff days. So again, it's typically a wash on the salary benefit scale issue. But the one area that you will save is on transportation. It's That's the one that you do mention. I guess the thing that, that I hear people talk about is I hear people often talk about, well, we're going to save on subs, or we're going to save on heating and cooling, or we're going to save on other assorted things. And let me just say that almost never plays out in practice. You know, they go through and they say, okay, nobody's going to be, be in the building on that fifth day so we can turn down the thermostat. Well, you know what? Many find out that the fifth day is one of the busiest days on campus, you know, yeah. because, yeah. because you're still having PD on those days. You still got people wanting to come in and work in their classrooms. You've still got a uh, ball, you know, ball practice in the gym and things like that. So again, in theory, when people begin talking about the four-day week, they have these great visions of these different places we're going to save money, but in practice, it doesn't play out. But I will admit to you, Mark, is that that the one area that you do mention is in transportation, and and uh, that it does have a, a definitely an impact, those buses being on the route 
one less day a week definitely does have an impact. And that is where you're going to save some money. I don't want to get us too far off the beaten path, but you know, you know, in the Western states that may be a little more green and environmentally friendly than we focus on here in Missouri, that's one of their, their big green initiatives is sure. that not only are we saving money on gas, but it's environmentally more friendly, sure. not having those buses on the road five days a week and now have them on the road four. Well, and I'm really glad to hear you mentioned some of those support staff too, the, um, you know, you think about our lunch clerks, our custodians, those those folks who are probably on, a little, uh, on an hourly scale. Um, you know, I know a lot of school districts have to have, have to have a conversation because just as we talk about teacher retention being difficult, the pay scale is no less competitive for those folks. We have to make sure to take care of them and retain good folks. And we, you know, we have those in those support roles as well. Um, and certainly cutting their hours by 20% doesn't help. So most of the districts that I'm familiar with, and it sounds like what you're saying, take those steps as well to kind of take care of those folks, which offsets some of those cost saving measures that they could if they really wanted to be cutthroat about it. But taking care of yeah, the people, it's a better plan. It's just one of those practice things is that when you get down to the decision, like you said, many of those people are on minimum wage or slightly above and the school board doesn't want to be cutting their hours. And so most of them will, will either figure out ways to get them where they're still coming into work and doing other things on that time, or they'll just, to be blunt, they'll just raise their salary scale sure. so that the, that the take home is the same. Sure. So I know you mentioned your background being a lot in, in rural education in rural Missouri, as is mine. I work for the Heart of Missouri RPDC based at the University of Missouri in Columbia. Is it fair to say that most of the schools making this transition are found in rural areas or are we starting to see more urban or even suburban districts um, taking a look at this? No, I think you're definitely right, but I do think it's changing. And again, I've been I've been researching this for for this is my eighth year going forward. And one of my claims to fame on the four day week, and I think it's sort of how people, I, you know, I don't take sides on the four day week, but I sort of became the guy that people just called because uh, back when we had 61 four day school week districts in the state of Missouri, I went into my, our dean at the College of Education. I said, I'm going to go visit every one of them. And he said, You're crazy. And I said, I'm going to do it if you'll help me cover gas. <laughs> I was going to say, somebody had to cover that mileage check, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, right. And so that was, I think, sort of how I built my reputation as the four-day school week guy, because we had 61 in the state of Missouri. And I mean, they're on every, at that time, they were on every corner of the state, from the sure. Iowa border to the Arkansas border, to the Mississippi River to the Kansas state line. And so I put over 6,000 miles on my truck in that one year, visiting 60 of the 61. And with that said... That was a very rural uh, trip is that, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking schools that you can't even put in the GPS. You can't put in Google Maps or Apple Maps and, and find your way there. It was pulling out the paper map to, to navigate into some of those school districts. And so my experience on driving those is, yeah, the, the first 60 or so, almost all of them were very rural, small school districts. But with that said, since that time, uh, you know, again, moving forward from the 60 that I visited up to 141 right now is that, you know, now we have about seven that have over a thousand students K-12 and we have two this year that have over 3000 students. The largest is Warren County Schools at Warrington, just west of St. Louis, and they have a you know, about 3,400 kids. And we've got Marshfield here in Southwest Missouri that has about 3,200 kids. So again, that dynamic has really changed. And of course, the big news here within the last two weeks, you and I are recording this in early September, but in uh, mid-August, the independent school district right outside of Kansas City announced that uh, uh, that they're they're investigating the four day week. In fact, I visited with their their leadership team already, and I'll be visiting with their school board here in a few weeks. And and uh, of course, the independent school district has over fourteen thousand students. Wow. And my phone rang off the hook, and it still is because <laughs> now you've got schools that again they they are they're looking at schools that have five hundred students K twelve, and that wasn't attractive to them. But if a school district the size of Independence makes the jump, and again they're just considering it right now, but if that happens. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that said we would have never considered this that would do it if schools the size of Independence have done it. And and again, uh, you know, when Warren County did it and over 3000 and Marshfield here in southwest Missouri, 3000. Again, I am getting calls from surrounding school districts in their same school conference that had told me before they would never do it. But now that others have jumped on board, they're at least reviewing the, the possibility. I know you mentioned your phone ringing off the hook. I have to ask, what are the perceptions and I know we're speaking, you know, generally here, and that's always dangerous, but what are the perceptions amongst parents and community members of this change initially? And do we see those opinions change over time? 
You know, and that is something that that is going to be interesting to see where we step forward. And, uh, you know, in those smaller rural schools, I don't really know how to explain this, but in those smaller rural schools that adopted the four-day week earlier, almost every one of those board members personally knew almost every parent in the district. (laughs) And so the the separation from the parents and voters and the elected school board members is very short in those small rural communities. And so uh, let's just say that, that uh, the process, and I, you know, I think probably only about half the school districts that consider it actually go forward to do it. But in those smaller rural schools, it's a very, uh, personal conversation about how this impacts families. And my concern is, is moving forward is if you're in a very large district, that separation between the parents and the voters and the board can get much farther and, and, and harder to see the real world about how it impacts. But overall, our research finds that, that again, I'll just make a general statement, then I'll drill down to more specifically, is that our research in Missouri has found that schools that implement the four-day school week, at the end of the first year, we do surveys with those parents, and we find a huge majority of parents like the four-day week. And we're talking in the 70 and 80% range that like the four-day week. But within that, and by the way, we found no group of parents that dislike it, uh, at least a majority that dislike it. However, with that said, we do identify two subcategories that the approval is significantly lower. It's, it's in the 50% range rather than the 70 and 80% range. So those two categories of parents, again, that have an approval rate of the 50% ranges are those parents that have students with unique needs. And that may be a unique medical need. So for example, you may have a, a parent that has a child that really relies on that school nurse to support them either on maintenance of a chronic condition while they're in school, or maybe even feeding, uh, special feeding necessary that the school nurse, nurse is very, very vital. Those parents obviously have a bigger challenge with finding child care that can meet that medical need. A second group are parents that have students with unique maybe behavioral issues. Maybe you've got a child that that has autism or uh, and uh, you know while while many kids you can find child care options but a, a child with with autism may have may that may be a real challenge to deal with that child care issue. So again, one of the areas that we always tell people is is to be very careful on trying to drill down as close as you can to how this is personally going to impact parents. Because we, when I say the general statement, 70 to 80% like it, that doesn't mean that there's not these families within districts because the unique needs of their, of their students makes it extremely difficult to get childcare. And then the second general category that I mentioned are those families that have only early childhood age kids. So, so that, you, know, fa- you know, if you've got a, a second grader and a ninth grader, we can sort of figure out the child care options on the fifth day may be built within the family, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but if you if you've only got two kids and one of them's a kindergartner's and the other one's a first grader, that really changes the dynamic of that child care issue. So, again, that's the second category that I tell schools if they're considering it is is, again, to reach out to those families in early childhood, typically up through second grade. And again, work with them uh, to, to say when we make this transition that childcare is going to be the issue. But again, in general, strong parent approval. People like how it, it helps with uh, what often the term I hear now is a, a work-life balance, is that families sure. like that ability of work-life balance. You know, many of us know that have kids that weekend is a busy time too. You're off on athletic events and things like that in every different direction. And so people like that work-life balance. But again, that there are some families that it's a unique challenge by going to the four-day week, especially considering that many of these school districts that do it don't have a fully developed childcare option in their community. Sure. I remember um, initially when we made that transition to Montgomery County, I think every church in town had signs out, you know, at the beginning of school that said, you know, um, childcare available. And even as you're talking through those um, families with special needs or um, especially the intense medical needs and things like that, I remember thinking, you know, it's one thing to find daycare. It's another find to find. It's another thing to find daycare with that level of expertise, um, if that's what you're looking for. So that's that's a very interesting point um, in regard to that as well. And, you know, another thing that I always just mentioned to folks, too, anecdotally, and I'm um, I'm wondering, even as we're talking through it. There's a lot of times where we we have this assumption that folks are working on Mondays and thus off on off on the weekends. And what we found is that that's you know obviously the majority of folks have that kind of schedule, but that's it's not as if nobody's working on Saturdays or Sundays either, you know. So um, it's not always just about that Monday that Monday vacancy, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, it is, you know, that's one of the eye-opening experiences with me because like, for example, you can go into a region and this concept of the four-day week is not, the challenge is not the work 
work issue. And let me give you an example. My wife is a dental hygienist. Almost every dental hygienist I know works on a four-day week. My sister is a nurse. She works on a four-day week. I've got a brother-in-law that's law enforcement. He's on a four-day week. Is that there are many careers that this four-day work week with an extended work day in those four-day weeks is very common. Another example I can think of is that back when the Winona School District in South Central Missouri, it was one of the first in South South Central Missouri that adopted the four-day week Winona. And I when I went and they paid that visit, I said, you know, what was the transition like? What was the community feedback? And I remember the superintendent, uh, Jennifer Asplund, told me at the time, she said, uh, you know, it really wasn't that big a deal because she says, we've got so many people that work for the forestry service and the four-day week is an option of the forestry service. So, sure. so again, uh, like you said, that there are a lot of people that work on Saturday and they, they figure out the child care issue then too. So again, that local, the way it works out locally is extremely interesting and, and people having those, can- I think we all, again, like you said, you make this general assumption that people only work Monday through Friday and they work from eight to five or whatever. Sure. And that's really not the, the well, way it works. Sometimes, sometimes as well, it's about the consistency of the schedule. Uh, you know, if you think about, you know, I, I work in the field of professional development, obviously, and there's a lot of schools that have early dismissals or partial days on Wednesdays or every other Wednesday or every third Friday or every Friday or, you know, and you just have these like wildly inconsistent schedules sometimes that put parents in a bit of a pickle too, because you can't <laughs> consistently, um, you know, you have to make plans and more of isolation as opposed to just saying, okay, I know every Monday I've got to have a plan for that. And I appreciate you saying that because that's one of the feedback we get from parents is that most of these districts, when they transition to the four-day week, they always make sure that things like professional development are on that fifth day. So it doesn't change the parent calendar. And so again, that's one of the things we feed here back is they'll go, because we'll hear parents say, you know, I really, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the the four-day week idea when we were getting ready to do it. But one thing I love is I don't have to worry about those early release days right. <laughs> you know, right. or whatever. And so they, they see that as a benefit moving forward. Well, and I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I often, you know, kind of make the joke. We, we have early release days for professional development reasons, et cetera. And sometimes I wonder, is anybody really learning anything on those days yeah. if we're really focused on learning? Because it's hard on students, especially the younger the students, because the transitions change. We have to condense our schedules. Um, things get a little bit crazy. And then bless our teachers. They've just had this incredibly frantic new day, different type of day with all these, you know, creative schedules. And, and now, oh, by the way, we get to come do professional development for two hours after somebody had a bus issue that we had to deal, you know, things like that, too. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think that. I, I, there's benefit. You know, I get the, it. The, the professional development approach to that as well, too. But I'm so, I'm speaking very <laughs> yeah. selfishly on that. <laughs> Got it. You mentioned a little bit about teacher retention, teacher job satisfaction, et cetera. What can you tell us about teacher job satisfaction or retention with regard to the four day week? Does it make? And I guess the bigger question is, does it make a difference how the district approaches those what the teachers are doing on those days off? So. By the way, I, I keep speaking as if it's Mondays because that's the most of the schools that I interact with have Mondays as, the, as that day that they've um, that they've taken off. But, you know, I know some districts have their teachers reporting three Mondays a month. Um, and then, of course, the school day is a little bit longer, um, which means the teacher calendar, the teacher work week just, you know, got got significantly longer. And others have a, you know, maybe they report once a month or something like that. So I'm wondering, you know, if you've seen anything in the difference between those or those different approaches. Um, or just in general, what it's doing as far as teacher retention um, and, and teacher job satisfaction? Well, one thing I always try to make clear when I'm talking to people about this is that, and it's a misconception, is that remember that when you transition to the four-day week, you're still in front of your class the same amount of time. You're still at least about 1,044 right. minutes. And if you add on to that in most districts, they're doubling the amount of professional development collaboration time that they have. So just doing the math on those two facts alone, you'll realize that educators are actually on the campus more when they go to a four-day week because their instruction time is the same, but now we're doubling the professional development time. But as you mentioned, the way that actually plays out in practice in most school districts is that it does in most districts mean that they're having two fifth days off a month that there's nothing planned, okay? And again, there are some districts that'll have one PD day a month, but they're relatively rare. Almost all of them have either, they, they'll either have two professional development days or at least ex- an expectation that teachers will be on campus two days a month. And so, and that may be an organized professional development one day, but an organized planning day or where you can work in your room on planning day on another month. But again, the reality of it is that teachers are on campus actually more in most cases when they transition to the four-day week. But with that said, uh, we overwhelmingly hear things that teachers, obviously teachers and staff, even, even non-certified staff that actually lose, lose some income, 
both groups are overwhelmingly supportive of the four-day week, and they think it benefits their, their productivity. Another thing that we constantly hear is that, um, uh, that they appreciate professional development more, and as you touched on that a bit on your own, Mark, is that this isn't something we're dumping at the last two hours of a day after a long day teaching. Now, professional development, that whole day is dedicated to it, so it is not as rushed. It's not as condensed. We have time to have deeper discussions about what we're doing in the professional development world than just trying to everybody watching their watch because I want to be out of here by 3.30, that kind of deal, and so uh, I think that people overwhelmingly value professional development more and see it, see it much more planned and thoughtful than when we sometimes do our, our our quick professional development just to sort of get a check mark marked if you know what I mean so and uh, I think it is definitely playing out and this is anecdotal because this is really hard to trace and I would love to be able to say I could measure this for you quantitatively but at least anecdotally is that we constantly hear people say that they're having less turnover they're getting more applications and uh, I, I, it's another nugget that I just drop in is that, again, I, it's hard to measure quantitatively. We've looked at it, Missouri, trying to figure out how to measure it quantitatively, but understanding that especially these are in smaller rural school districts, people people move positions for a lot of reasons, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, you know, and so it is so hard to track. It may have nothing to do with the school. It have, may have nothing to do with the salary. It may be something like a spouse has gotten a job and they have to. And, and it's just so hard to track that impact of that four day week. But uh, again, it's but one thing I always drop out there is is remember in Missouri, we've had 142 school districts adopt the four day week, 142, and only one changed its mind. (laughs) Okay, and remember, each one of those board school boards are elected by their voters and their communities. And uh, that if 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 they if the communities and the families saw a, a direct negative impact by implementing the four day week whether it be personal on what's going on in your home or the perception of the quality of the school, I think we would have had more than one go back. And by the way, the only one that ever went back was the Lexington School District just uh, east of Kansas City. But but again, knowing that that track record in itself does give you sort of a feeling about the overall perception of success in communities. I think similar to that point about job satisfaction and teacher retention, do we see a difference in students and or teacher attendance um, in, in a four-day school week? Student attendance, yes. And I and that is qu- driven quantitatively. There's been a number of people that have, have dug into that, especially people working on their d- doctorate dissertations at Mizzou and other locations that, that we're pretty confident to say that, yeah, the data is pretty clear that you'll see an uptick in student attendance. Now, some of that, Mark, is driven, too, by the by things that are they're more difficult to measure, but like things like uh, students leaving for act a- activities and, and, sure. uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, uh, so that, that can change that too. But now, so uh, again, I think you're, you, we can definitely say yes, quantitatively that student attendance will go up now on faculty attendance. Not so much. That's been, I hear a lot of people selling that is that now teachers will be able to schedule their doctor's appointments or plan other things. And surely that happens. But what we find out in practicality is that it's difficult. You know, when I remember I was one time up in in Northeast Missouri visiting on the four-day school week districts. And I always ask, I say, what happened unexpected as far as a change? And I remember the superintendent told me, he said, you know, it used to be up here, the barbershop was always closed on Monday. And now you can't hardly get your hair cut on Monday because it's so busy. (laughs) You know, know, the barbershop, I don't have a lot of hair left to cut anymore, but I've had that experience (laughs) for sure. But it's just those practical things that, you know, you may be in a community, the orthodontist is only there on Tuesday and Friday. You know, and uh, if your kid's got an orthodontist appointment, you got to go on Tuesday, Friday. You can't go on Monday, which is the day off. So in practicality, uh, we've not seen that. And and it's one of those areas that people say, you know, we thought that might that we might have uh, better faculty attendance. But as actuality, it doesn't play out as strongly as it could. But with that said, and this is just a real world thing, is that it does make schools re-go back and readdress how they plan for the going to the four-day week uh, because uh you know one of the things i remember a superintendent telling me and i've heard it multiple times in districts since then is that we went through and now we're on a four-day week we've gone through and embedded these professional development days and they began to realize early on that people and it sounds terrible mark because i know you're a professional developer but people were intentionally scheduling appointments on pd days <laughs> and so uh you know that they and so uh you know I, 
and and with that being said too you see schools having to go back and change policies and procedures to, to really incentivize teachers being there on pd days and on the four-day week when they're in the four-day weeks with again understanding that that goal is that we're maintaining the same number of instructional hours and we are giving you a benefit to the extent of a couple of three-day weeks a month or maybe three three-day weeks a month but but we we have it's part of a vision, and if you're going to be missing every professional development day because you've got a doctor's appointment or something going on, and you're skipping on that, then then again, that's had a repercussion on how the policies have been been revised. Sure, I wish I could tell you confidently that nobody would ever dare call in sick on a day where where my my you know my, any of my colleagues or I are coming to present, <laughs> but um, I don't think I could say that confidently. So yeah. um, no, I I can I can understand that I can relate to that. I think maybe the most important question, or at least the question that I get asked the most common as I travel around, and I, and I mentioned this to folks that I worked in this environment, what, if any, impact are we seeing on student achievement in schools that only attend four days as opposed to a five days week? It is the million dollar question. <laughs> and uh, because of the way I phrase that, you can realize that I don't have the answer. Okay. Sure. And let me tell you, and, and again, with your audience in the state of Missouri, you're going to understand this is that, first of all, we've had such fast growth on the four day week uh, that um, with so many schools adding it very quickly. And those of us that are educators, you know that it's not one year on the four-day week that's going to be able to measure how they're impacting on the MAP test scores. I mean, so right. it's not something that we can measure just one year. And the other complication there is that even things like the revisions of the MAP test over the years is that we went through significant revisions in that time. So it's not, we can't always compare the MAP test from one year to the next year to the next year. Hopefully we're getting to where we can change that now with the latest revision that we can modify that. And of course, even two years ago, we didn't even give the MAP test in Missouri. So it's so hard to measure in Missouri. And and I think even adding the complexity of that too, is again, those rural schools is that, that, um, Again, with this challenge on going to the forward, uh, with the challenge on recruitment, retention of teachers and teacher turnover. I mean, it, it, it's no secret that even if all things are equal, rural schools tend to have more turnover anyway. And so, again, you have these transition things going on. But with that said, um, if you look at those Mountain West states like Colorado, which I said a majority of the school districts in Colorado are on the four-day week, um, that, and they have they have uh, research on this going back to the 1970s, is that what I tell people is looking through all that research, there are some that says there it does have a slight negative impact. There is some that says it has a slight positive impact. And by the way, Mark, I'll throw a word out for your professional development. I think most of the people that say the reason that there's positive impact is we're doubling the amount of professional development and collaboration time amongst teachers sure. so that we can really focus on improving instruction. Uh, but again, the impacts on those long-term studies are it's either a slight decrease or a slight increase. And I think as a person that's been looking at this carefully over the eight years, I think it's a wash and I think it's going to be very site-specific. If a school district has a very comprehensive vision on professional development by going to the four-day week, they might see a slight uptick. If they're going to have, you know, if, if they don't, don't aren't thoughtful about things like professional development, then that and that day just becomes a day off and they have no strong vision about how that fifth day looks and things like that, then it could result in an academic de- decrease. But again, overall, I think it's a wash one way or other. And it's it's difficult to to measure because there's so many variables. But again, it's one of the things that I tell people is that that things like having a comprehensive professional development plan when you make the transition with a clear vision about, yeah, we're going to maintain the same number of instructional hours, but what's the add-on that we can get by going to the four-day week through things like expanding professional development and collaboration time? Well, and we know um, things that you mentioned previously, like teacher turnover rates. You know, we know objectively teacher turnover is bad for student achievement, right? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's less effective, you know, um, less experience, you know, first-year teachers uh, are, you know, are less effective than teachers who have been at it for, you know, five years or so um, or, you know, longer. So, Things like that you would think would be net positive. Um, I can tell you as somebody who works in professional development that, you know, we refer to it a lot as a, a random acts of improvement um, where, you know, it's <laughs> I, 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 I'm called and I, I'm asked to come and I speak about a certain topic and then that's it. There's no, there's yeah. no continuing conversation. There's no, you know, <laughs> there's no context for why it happened. It was just sort of we have a day and we're going to fill this day and here we yeah. go. So it's, you know, and, um, and I know 
I'll, I'll speak generally, but I know that there are some schools that just approach those days as well. We have a PD day on the calendar, so we have to provide something for the teachers. And yeah. that does not show the same level of growth from, from our perspective. You know, I do a lot of work with the district continuous improvement process in, in Missouri, which is a very systemic district level kind of initiative and requires a lot of district level planning. And when you have those systems aligned, then I think it's easier to have sustained growth over time because you can be very intentional about what you're growing um, as opposed to, like I said, that sort of popcorn PD approach um, that we see sometimes too. You know, and I'm glad you thought, uh, mentioned that because it's one of the things that we hear from teachers most often is that, is that and, and I tell administrators I work with that are planning this transition four-day week is be very clear about what the expectation is because I think there's something about we're going to the four-day week, Mark, even before this conversation, you and I were talking about this. People that aren't in a four-day week district, they get sort of excited by the thought of it and they have great visions of always having these three-day weekends. And then once they get into it, they realize, hey, you've doubled the amount of professional development time on me. You know, sure. I'm not getting four three-day weekends a, a month, you know, and, and one of the things I tell you is that it's all part of that preparing people for the expectation of we're not going to the four-day week just to be, make, you know, just to make everybody's life easier, just to have all these three-day week. That's not the vision. And so, again, it's one of those things I tell people is to be, they have to be very candid and, and about what, by making this transition, if you've got the strong professional development plan, people need to know that right up front because that's where people can get disgruntled on the four-day week. Hey, we were told this is what's going to happen. And then when it came in actuality, I'm on campus more than I was before. You know, with that said, many people find professional development is still more enriching, they, that they like it more because that day is dedicated to that. But again, it's just people having the reality. One other thing I did want to mention on the academic impact, and it's one of those things that shows you how difficult it is to measure the academic impact. I remember I was at Bradleyville, and Bradleyville is a, a school district right down there in the Arkansas border down by West Plains. And I was talking to the superintendent. I said, what is an unexpected consequence of the four-day week? And I just happened to be visiting when they were doing map tests, or they just completed map testing, so it was late in the spring. And he said, you know what? One thing that came up as he says, it's taken us a heck of a lot longer to get through map testing this year. And I said, really? Sure. And he said, yeah. He said, it's taken a heck of a lot longer. And uh, so we talked about chat, but, and then, then that next year, I began hearing this more and more people saying, you know, map testing took a lot longer. And then you come to the realization pretty quickly. And one of the superintendents clarified where he said, you know what it was, is it said, we told people if we go to the four day week and our test scores go down, we're going to switch back. <laughs> and said, kids heard that they love the four day week. And so they really, now they had the motivation to actually give that map test the attention that it deserved sure. because they were afraid if they did poorly, the scores would go down and we're going back to a five day week. And, and candidly people say, you know, maybe the teachers took the map test a lot more sure. <laughs> carefully this year too. And so people were actually trying their best on the, on the map test and that increased the amount of time it took to do the map test. But again, it, it shows that, that uh, the four day week can be motivational for people to, to put in effort on things that sometimes they may have just been circling sure. in bubbles, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the students there. Um, what do we know about the student's opinion on this? The student, the, the student experience, obviously, you know, if you're talking about, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, that's, that's going to be pretty unreliable, but what do you know, what do we know about the student perspective on, on the four day? You know, we, we've not done, we haven't done any scientific research on it, but I, t I tell you in my life and I visit lots of schools, I'm lots of different places and even out in the community. And I always tell people, I say, you know, where are you from? And they'll give me that. And of course, sure. if they're from a four day week, I always ask them, what do you think about the four day week? Even if sure. somebody's checking me out at McDonald's or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think they all love it. Okay. And I think again, that, that uh, students don't necessarily say that work-life balance thing, but, but they do go through and say, you know, they talk about how, how they, it, it just, they, they felt more energized by the four day week and having those, those longer times, but it's one of the things, and I haven't heard this directly from students, but it's one of those things where I always try to get people to think about how that fifth day work looks is that, you know, one of the busiest day to come to a college visit now in Missouri is Monday. Because all these four-day school week districts, they embed, you know, the kids aren't in school on Monday. So, so those students come to campuses and tour campuses on those fifth days. Many of the school districts on the four-day week really are very thoughtful and careful about what's that fifth day look like. So, for example, schools that have started dual enrollment credit classes on the fifth day, a small rural school, we don't have an AP class, but they can do that on that fifth day. Or, again, doing job visitations and job shadowing. Back when I started my career in the 1980s, lots of high school kids went out and had job shadowing experiences out in the community. But as we became more testing oriented, that 
sort of got pushed to the side. Well, now on the, on the four day week, you've got teachers on the, or that, that schools on the fifth day that if you're in a health occupation on the fifth day, maybe once a month, you'll go out and job shadow at a hospital or a, a doctor's office or something sure. like that. So again, one of the things I really appreciate is that, that the, and I think the pandemic has played a little bit into this, is that allows schools just to think about the four-day week as not four days and a day off, but four days and the plus day. What is the plus sure. day going to be? What is something that we can think outside the box that's a learning opportunity that's difficult to do in a traditional classroom seated opportunity, but can still be a great learning experience for students? Uh, you know, on uh, one not far from you, Mark, is that uh, the new Bloomfield School District up there uh, up by Kansas City and Jefferson City, they do Monday Academy on the fifth day, which is academic intervention for kids that are struggling in math and reading on that fifth day. So that's that fifth day that Monday Academy at Bloomfield, New Bloomfield is a day for those kids that are struggling that the rest of the week they're in a larger classroom setting. They may not be getting the individual attention that they need, but in New Bloomfield on that fifth day, those kids that are struggling learners get that intensive one-on-one contact that they may be missing. So again, thinking about that fifth day as an opportunity just as not always a day off. Sure. I have to I have to shout out superintendent there, Dr. Sarah Wisdom. She's uh, actually the one that connected us because I do uh, some some work with the new Bloomfield School District. And when I uh, mentioned that I wanted to do a, a podcast episode around this topic, she said, hey, I would love to talk to you about our Monday Academy and what that looks like. But the questions that you're talking about right now, you need you need to think bigger. You really need to talk to Dr. Turner. So she um, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're doing a lot of really interesting things in New Bloomfield. They got a lot of well, things going on there. It, it, New Bloomfield is a model that I tell people is that that at statewide is I've sent more people to 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 the folks up there at New, uh, Sarah and her her folks up there at New Bloomfield is a model because they really when they made the transition they had a strong solid vision of how that fifth day can be an add-on learning day and whether it be through Monday Academy or professional development I've gone up there and spoken on their PD days and things like that is that, that New Bloomfield is an example of how that fifth day can be some, a, a learning opportunity that's hard to do in a traditional schedule. I'm sure none of those teachers called in when you went up there to speak on their professional development. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> so a couple more questions, John, we'll get you out of here. I know another common concern that I hear a lot from um, parents and educators, the four-day school week, um, some of those students may be suffering from food insecurities or parents who are struggling to provide um, daycare. We talked a little bit about that. Um, what can you tell us a little bit? I know you mentioned, you know, schools that provide daycare or something. Um, I'm having a lot of questions now about schools that provide daycare specifically for some of their teachers. Um, because now we have a lot more professional development days, as you mentioned, where, where are all of their kids going during those times? Um, I know that's, um, candidly, that's something my wife and I try to balance. She works in a four day school week. And, you know, if you call me right now and say, Mark, we're looking for professional development on a Monday. I, sorry, I'm booked till February because they're all, you know what I mean? They're all filled up. So that's something that we have to balance too. So thinking about those food insecurity issues, or maybe, you know, touch on more of the, you know, schools providing daycare daycare kinds of things, but um, what are you seeing with regard to that? Yeah. Okay. So let me, uh, food, the, the early on in our research is that people were talking about things like food insecurity, things like a single parent household, you know, categories in those areas. And so we did a research study on that. And we found that kids that were coming from single parent households, uh, parents that received a free and reduced lunch qualified type thing is that that again we found that there it, there was not a significant difference in their approval rate to to the other so there was no just because you, you your kids qualify for free and reduced lunch or you're coming from a single parent household there was no significant difference on the results so again I don't know that there's much there within that particular pushback there uh, the, uh, I appreciate that you go through and, and mention that in your, if you're in a four day school week district, you're doing these professional development days, what do the teachers do with their kids? And so again, that idea of having childcare on that, that fifth day for people during professional development days is important too. You know, one of the things that, uh, and, and childcare always comes up is that it's just repeated time after time after time that when a school district goes through and tries to fill in a perceived void for a child care need that the school district will go through and create that child care. And then by about Thanksgiving, everybody's got it figured out and yeah. people stop showing up. Or if they do show up, like you said, Mark, is that the kids that are in childcare are the teacher's kids that are either yeah. in professional development or are working in their classroom to prepare for school the next day. So again, I can't remember exactly what the question was here overall, but again, 
I think that now we're getting into so so many districts on the four day week, and that this that we're getting sort of the way that this figures out that over and over again, that uh, again, not that childcare is not an issue for for some families, because again, if you've got a child with a special medical need or a behavioral need, or if you've got a uh, you've got early childhood kids, especially if you live in a community that doesn't have uh, uh, child care as a support, that doesn't mean that that's not an issue. But again, knowing what we know now that it seems like people just get it figured out by about Thanksgiving. Sure. And like I said, I'd probably drop part of your question there. But again, the, just knowing that that uh, uh, what I was telling people. It was a poorly worded question to begin with. Well, I just tell people, I I say, you've got so, you know, back when I first started this research, there weren't that many four-day school week districts. So I was having to pair people up. But now if you look at the maps that we have available, schools are looking at it. They go visit a district that's been on the four-day week for whatever. And they, they get that sense of, I think usually it's a sense of, here are some things that we've learned that you can learn from, but don't worry, don't panic. It, it, after you've been on it a while, you realize that it's very similar to the the five. Sure. Day. Well, and I mentioned those churches in Montgomery County having daycare signs out. I mean, it was all over town. You, you just drive yeah. downtown and see them. And most of them were closed by Thanksgiving because nobody was yeah. coming. And yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not insecure uh, or I'm certainly not insensitive to students with food, you know, food insecurities or, or parents with daycare concerns. I, I don't want to sound crass or, or insensitive to any of that at all. But the truth of it is, um, when people say, well, where do those kids go on those days or where, you know, who's feeding those kids? I, and sometimes I just kind of respond the same things that happen in June, July, and August, Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's a family, you know, families have these, these protocols and in place, same thing that happened on early dismissal days, you know, yeah. we, families have these protocols in place already, you know, so sometimes um, the, the same, the same kind of things apply. Well, and, you know, I think the pandemic also had a role on this, too, is that sure. people had to really figure out these things. The pandemic, I, I really, Mark, I think that's the reason some of these school districts are thinking about it now is that, you know, back, you know, five years ago before the pandemic, that that people were trying to visit, visualize childcare and things on that fifth day. But now because of the pandemic, when I talked and I say, why are you thinking about this? And they say, well, you know, because the pandemic, because we'd really had lots of time on virtual learning and now we've got devices for students to be able to use from home. So now our vision is we're going to do four days traditional and that fifth day is going to be sort of like a virtual day is that it's still going to be a learning day. There's still going to be assignments, but we've got the tech issue resolved on how kids can submit assignments and things like that. And so Again, I think what we're getting to is that that the pandemic has changed things. People sort of understood how if I've got, a, you know, that they can get some of those things navigated. But again, even that idea about now we have a stronger understanding of how v- virtual learning can look is that that's really my most recent calls is people saying we're, you know, that they'll say we're going to the four day week, but we but we're not going to go just to a four day learning week. That we want that fifth day to be a, a virtual day, and so again. The clock hours are still going to be what you do in a seated traditional time, but but that fifth day can be an, an add-on learning possibility. Yeah. John, I'm wondering, what do you see as the long-term future of this? Um, is this a trend you think is going to become more and more commonplace in education, or at least in Missouri? And are you aware of any kind of like pending legislation that's, you know, kind of um, in support of it or even in opposition of it? You know, and I am probably the worst predictor and people call me the four day school week guy. But let me just tell you, before the pandemic, (laughs) I thought we'd capped out. You know, in fact, Uh I remember I used to tell people, I said, I thought, well, I think we'll get to about 110, 120 and then we'll stop. I just felt like that at that time, the schools that had explored the four day week were going to go that they had already adopted it. And so I really was thinking 110, 120 before the pandemic. But not only specifically related to the pandemic, but because of what I would say, not only the pandemic, but the politics of the pandemic and things like that, when you see now people leaving the profession and not coming back, let's just say this recruitment retention issue has been on the radar of small rural schools from way back. This is not new to them. But now, when you get schools like Independence with 14,000 kids or Warren County at Warrington with 3,500 kids, or you get these larger districts that are now saying recruitment, retention, we've got to find teachers and what, and, and so that is, you know, if the marketplace for recruitment of teachers and retaining teachers continues to be this uh, tough to, to attract and retain teachers, again, it sounds terrible, but you, many of these school districts can't, just can't buy their way out of it. They can't double teacher salaries to get them in. You know, and so, so I, if this recruitment retention uh, issue and and teachers continues, I think you're going to see more and more adopted as it becomes. You know, it's sort of one of these critic. You know, 
if you look at the way, if you look at our maps and see how it started, it almost started here. You'd have a few, few school districts adopted, and then they were sort of like concentric circles around those districts that began to add on. It began to sort of grow by, by touching a neighboring school district. And I think what's going to happen now is that as the, if this recruitment and retention thing spreads statewide and people just can't find or retain teachers and there's no way to get that resolved, then I think what's going to actually happen is you're going to see more and more that will go look at it. Now, looking on the legislature, I think that probably, quite, you know, before the pandemic, I mean, those of us in the four-day school week world, we were talking about, we knew that there's going to be a lot more attention being paid pretty quickly. And actually, to be honest with you, preparing for that pushback, trying to demonstrate the potential of, of the positives of the four-day week. But once the pandemic came on board, let's just say, I think the attention backed off pretty quickly. And now again, with, with people, almost everybody knows now the recruitment retention issue is so broad statewide, not just in small rural schools, that sure. again, I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on it. So I, I suspect it'll still be an option, but that doesn't mean that the, that the state wouldn't come back and say, hey, I want we want to see comprehensive plans on what the fifth day is going to look like. We want to, you know, so I, there may be some reporting that has to be done to make sure that we're not having that, that again, this just isn't an opportunity to give people everybody a day off, that there might have to be a plan that's in existence for that fifth day. I, that that may be coming on board uh, before too long. But again, uh, it, 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 I don't, I see intention, attention growing. And again, with independents doing it in Southwest Missouri, Marshfield doing it up in St. Louis, the Warren County School, Warrington doing it. When you see these larger districts do it, then it's just a matter of time that their neighboring districts that are the same size will also look at the issue. All right, John, I don't want to put you on the spot, but last question, we'll get you out of here on this one. I'm not sure if it's a fair question, but do you consider yourself to be a proponent of the four day week? Are you an opponent of it? Are you an agnostic about it? Um, yeah. I know you've mentioned, you know, your, your own family. Um, would you be supportive of, of your family attending a four day school week? You know, and it, it, I, it's the right question to ask any person that researches this issue. And, uh, you know, when I first started looking at it, it was a curiosity to me to be perfectly candid with you. And they said, sure. you got to adopt a research agenda. I just said, I'm just curious about this. I've never <laughs> been in a four day week district, but I was too, like any educator, like, oh, that sounds like a good idea, you know, and, and uh, just <laughs> talking about how it would impact my life as a teacher or an administrator. And so I, I just did it out of curiosity. Uh, again, not knowing whether it would have positive academic impacts or how it would re retain recruitment retention. But I think what has changed my vision of this, and I know this is a bit of a dodge mark, but my is that when you set across the table from as many school district leaders as I have investing in the four-day week, trust me, you come out of that meeting and I never have come out and said, this school is just trying to find a way to, to do less or this school district. <laughs> doesn't care about academics or what I've not right. come out of one of those. You come out with a real empathy for what these schools are doing to struggle on finding qualified teachers to take coursework or, or trying to improve test scores or whatever challenge that they're facing is that you come away with a real empathy that these people in these districts are just trying to find their way in a really tough situation. And with that said, I guess my strong takeaway is I, I do firmly believe it should be the option of the local school district to make this decision because nobody knows that school better than those locally elected school board members and their leadership team in that community. It's hard for you to go through and say, what is what school like? And I'll, I'll use Osborne, Missouri, up in Northwest Missouri. People in Jefferson City probably can't find Osborne on the map. Nevertheless, know what educating kids are in Osborne's like. But that Osborne School District, they decided to go the four-day week, and they're being successful with it. Again, so again, the judgment. And so I, th I think that is more my thought on this, is that I, I, personally, I think it would work great for some school districts, but there are others that I don't think it would be a good opportunity. And so again, I think it's it's very much about that local context, but I do believe that it should be the local school district's option because again, uh, those local school people uh, know what's what challenges they're facing and they know what they wanna to do to try to do it. But I, I don't think it's a cure-all for everybody. And again, and I think, by the way, I, I mentioned that earlier, I think only about half the school districts that investigate it actually follow through and do it. But it's always after thoughtful consideration. And again, people don't go into this lightly or because they don't care about education. They're just trying to navigate a really complex situation in their school district. And the four-day week is just something that they see as an opportunity to maybe make things better. Well, John, I have to tell you, all of us at the Show Me Education podcast team are 
members of the regional professional development centers here in Missouri. We are in literally hundreds of schools spread across the state of Missouri on a regular basis. And I will echo your sentiments about, I have yet to walk out of one and say, they are just looking for a way to do less. You know what I mean? I, I've yet to walk out of one and say that that school district is just looking to give people time off or they're looking to make parents' lives more uncomfortable, right? They're all trying to do the best they can to help their students learn, to help their students grow socially and emotionally. And you just you I, I share your sense of empathy with all of um, all of the work that they do. And that's our focus here in this podcast is just to tell their stories um, as much as we can. And I, I really appreciate you joining us today, rather than telling any individual uh, story of a four day school week, but to take a look at a, a growing trend here in Missouri. So thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Mark. And if anybody needs, again, they can reach out to me. I'm John Turner, J-O-N-T-U-R-N-E-R at Missouri State University, or check out our website at at, uh, 4dayweek.us, and it has research and media sources and things that uh, have a candid discussion of 4-Day Week. But thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode and especially to Dr. John Turner of Missouri State University. Dr. Turner is passionate, curious, and an intelligent ally of public schools in our state. And I encourage you to check out his website at fourdayweek.us or email him any follow-up questions at johnsturner at missouristate.edu. Remember to rate, like, subscribe, tag, and share to help us spread the message of the tremendous work being done in Missouri schools. And if you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out to any member of the team using any of the contact information provided in the show or in the show notes by visiting bit.ly slash showmeedu. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep up the great work and enjoy the learning. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Education podcast. Be sure to share your learning from the show with others. The Show Me Education podcast is a collaborative project between the regional professional development centers of Missouri with a vision of sharing best practices and showing you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. Please subscribe to the show to catch all the wonderful content coming your way.